Hey, how's it going, everybody? Stormy Matt here, and welcome back to Uncluttered and Uncut. I am joined here today with Mr. Wade Simmons. Say hello to everybody, Wade. How's everybody doing today? What's it, rather? <laughs> so, um, Mr. Simmons here, he is a independent filmmaker. And uh, I checked out some of uh, some of your work, and at least uh, the documentary about the, uh, I believe it was like the family-owned funeral home up in Chicago, and I've got to say, like, really well done. Like, I was really impressed with how you made it. Yeah, that, that was a documentary that I did on one of my teachers from when I went to Mortuary College. Oh, I got you. So it was like kind of a student project? Oh no! I, I mean, uh, well, so when I when I went when I went to mortuary school, I I had no idea that I would be going to film school like right after. But you know, it it was just some you know that I thought would be a pretty cool project. You know, because like I said, I I've always uh, wanted to be a documentary filmmaker. Oh, so I figured why not make a documentary on something that I'm very familiar with. You know. I gotta admit, it was a pretty good choice, too, because even the way it was done, like, it was very professional-looking. Like, if you were to show me, like, the documentaries that get, like, millions of dollars of funding and then showed me yours, it would be hard for me to spot the two differences because it was really well done. Like, it looked like a professional documentary, and I just, like I said, I was really impressed with it. Oh, man, I, I appreciate that, but, but, but I gotta also give the credit to... Um... Uh, both cinematographers, Tosco uh, Horn and Eric Castro. I mean, those are like my two go-to guys, so, so they helped me out big time. I got you. Um, maybe that's one thing you can help explain to me too, like, because uh, I had a, a bit of an interest in filmmaking and trying to look learn the different roles. Like, uh, you mentioned like the cinematography. Like, what is it that like cinematographers try to do for films? So, the, so the cinematographer, so basically they handle majority of the camera work i mean like as far as setting up the camera you know getting shots whether it's like a wide view uh maybe it's a maybe it's a more up close view maybe it's an over the shoulder so they, so they pretty much handle everything that's related to like the camera the temperature of the camera the camera settings and you definitely like you know because like about filming it's like it's a combination of a lot of things and so you you want to make sure that you have like a very good cameraman because i mean to be honest that that makes the story even better you know what i'm saying yeah i follow you like it's all about a bunch of teams like it's not just like one person trying everybody to do something it's like it, it really counts on people being able to do their jobs like to the best of their ability and it all makes for like one complete project so like as like director you're more um so you would be more like i guess for more like scripted performances like you would be in charge of like probably seeing like how the actors do their takes how the set maybe looks yeah. or things like that yeah i mean because see my my like my favorite part of filmmaking actually is writing and producing um I love it because as a producer, I mean, you pretty much get to fund the projects. You pretty much get to orchestrate everything. You get to put everybody together. I mean, to me, if I had to choose one role in filmmaking, 
it, it would probably be producing over all of it, you know? Okay, so, like, you had more of an interest of, like, funding, maybe, like, funding projects. Like, do, on the producer's side, do they have, like, a maybe, like, creative input or some kind of creative control with it? Or is it mostly on yeah. the directors and writers that kind of make that part and you're just mostly funding it? Like, what's the difference there? So, to be honest with you, it's a combination of all those things because some producers only handle the money. But if it's a producer like me, uh, me, I have the money. I fund it, I write it, um, I direct it. But when I'm working with somebody else, a lot of times it's kind of like you may fund some of the money. But you also might help the filmmaker find more money to get the project done. So, I mean, every producer is different. Like, the type of... Oh, sorry. I think I lost you there. Can you still hear me? But, yeah, can you hear me? There we go. All right. Okay. Uh, so, me... Internet, so, it probably cuts in and out that that, so I apologize for that. <laughs> it's okay. You know, it's technology. Stuff happens, you know. Yeah, there's a limitation. But, uh, We're doing the best we can do. But yeah, continue, sir. Yeah, but it's okay. But, but like me as a producer, if you hire me as your producer, I'll help you get the funds, but I don't want to dictate to you how to make your movie. Like, I respect you as an artist. I want you to make the movie that you want to make. I just want to help you get the funding for it, you know? I got you. Yeah, that's pretty cool of you to do. Like, um, if there's anything like you would like to plug too, like say if um, like you want to let people know where they can watch some of your works or uh, maybe even any kind of info you would like to tell people if like say they have a movie idea and would like to contact you about maybe producing, is there anything that you like to put out there for that for our video for the viewer? Oh sure, I mean you you can you can find me on Vimeo, <laughs> Wave Filmmaker seven 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 at on Vimeo, but um. I'm willing to help anybody. You know? Oh, I got you. Sorry, you cut out there for a second. Like, uh, I got like a Wade Filmmaker seven seven seven, and that's on the Vimeo website. Yep. So I mean, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much open to helping, you know, everybody. So you know, I mean, I always feel free to reach out. You know, I'm always welcome to it. Man, that's awesome too. Like, and uh, I guess maybe another question too. Maybe think of like. Um, there's an aspiring filmmaker that may be a different part because you're you're currently from like a Chicago, correct? Yep, that's correct. All right, so uh, saying like there's someone maybe just for an example Dallas, Texas that would like to do a film and maybe reach out to you. Is there like a way you'd be able to do like long distance communication work, or is it more of like uh, you come meet me or I come meet you? Like, uh, how would you explain that to people who'd be looking in? Oh sure, I mean I, I get I've been getting offers from all over the world to work with people. So I mean, like I said, I mean no matter how far, you know, I'm willing to help anybody. You know, if if they're willing to let me help them, then I'm willing to put forth an effort to make something happen for them. Oh, that's awesome. So like, it, so I guess uh, for the answer there, like uh, as far as like as logistics kind of go, you're. Um like also like willing to help them but uh, maybe like try to maintain connection over the internet like not really necessary for a face-to-face -face inter interaction or, yeah yeah, so. yeah but yeah believe it or not i helped um some friends of mine over in, 
India produce a film. I didn't know anything about it, <laughs> but the film was called it, it was called a fabricated story. And you know they didn't they didn't need a whole lot of money, but you know I was able to help out and they credited me, so that I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, nice! Like, and that's really cool too with like the modern way of like you're able like logistics isn't so much of a problem like kind of how you just said you helped funded a project that was all the way overseas like you got them the funding they did the work and you got the credit for it and all you had to do was just secure the funding for them essentially oh, you still there I knew it. you know I, I mean don't there get me go. wrong like yeah, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. It's like you know, you can't help everybody, but you can help somebody. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're just helping everybody that you're you're possibly able to. Yeah, and I mean, uh -oh. it's fun. I mean, I I got it. I'm. What about now? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, I got your back. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I helped with the film over in India, so that was awesome. Alright, so, um, what I got is, like, you was able to help your friend over in India, because it was funny, just as you said, like, I, just as I said, like, yeah, I got you back, you, it started breaking up again, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, it's probably the internet, yeah. like, it, it's it's doing its best, but latency, it's it sucks. Uh, it's okay, you know, like I said, it's technology, it happens. Alright, we can only do so much. But, uh, okay, so, like, um... So like maybe from like a director side, because I assume you you could, might have a little bit of experience on the director side though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, what kind of like um, maybe tips or strategies you would like to present to like aspiring filmmakers that don't have a whole lot to work with, uh, maybe still struggling to even afford a good decent enough camera to start filming something? Like, uh, what would you like to help uh, tell those tell those people? So what I would tell them is this, is like, you know, don't worry about what you don't have, but whatever you do have that you can use, you know, utilize it because I mean, you know, not everybody has a, a black magic camera or a C100, but you got an iPhone, you got Androids. I mean, I feel like the thing about it is this, you don't have to have like the best stuff to put something out, like use what you have because if you look at it like nowadays, people are using TikTok, Instagram, putting out all kind of stuff, making people laugh. Like, like start there, you know. Um, again, you have to just use what you have to get to where you want to be, you know. Right, because the whole point of like filmmaking, it's all about a creative process, and a lot of the times, because uh, I've been watching uh, this one guy, he goes by Markiplier, and he just finished uh, filming his project in space with Markiplier. And with the budget he had, like he went over budget a couple times, but he mentioned too a lot about utilizing what you got and just being creative with what you have access to. It's like all, it's just being imaginative as you're trying to be imaginative for the story. You're also trying to be imaginative of how you're putting things in front of the camera. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I mean, again, like, you know, if you sit around waiting till you get everything that you think you need, you know, you, you've been uh, missed out on a lot of opportunities, you know? Exactly, because it's very time sensitive, too, uh, for a lot of projects, because a lot of, like, with his, it, there was a heavy planning involved. Of course, that was a bigger production, but 
uh, maybe some smaller productions. Like if you're just doing a uh, small film with your friends, it could work out better. But like as they climb up the ladder, there's like I was told there was like a lot of planning involved, right? Just trying to get everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But see, the, but see, the trick nowadays is that because we. We live in a day and time now where everybody's a filmmaker. I mean, you got grandparents making short films and stuff, especially making people that for Instagram and TikTok. So if you think about it, I feel like now people have a very short attention span. I feel like whatever you want to do, you want to be able to kind of get people's attention in, in like less than three minutes. Yeah, that is true. And the internet may have had a lot to do with that because a lot of it is like very quick easy to consume media like memes i go on my meme app i don't focus on a meme longer than like probably 10 seconds you know (laughs) yeah i mean and i mean the trick yeah i mean and the trick is actually to learn how to get into the algorithm really to be honest with you because you gotta look at it like this if i'm an up-and-coming filmmaker I make a film and everybody's different so I'm not saying that it won't work I mean I'm just saying that being more realistic you gotta understand that like people it's a lot on the internet already so whatever I want to do I want to do something good creative but I want to do it in a certain amount of time where it doesn't take up too much of people's time except it's, I make a funny video right? right it's maybe only 30 seconds <laughs> I make another video it's only 40 seconds and the more that I keep doing it and people start looking at it then eventually you know people will start to kind of start to want to see more of your stuff but if but if you may oh you're gonna have to repeat that I lost you there for a second something long and drawn out people are just gonna lose interest in it right um especially like if it's really too long like uh, for example, like there was this one movie I went to go see with my dad, and it got a lot of good reviews. And I'm sure, probably for the type of movie that was it was in, it was good for its genre. And I haven't watched a whole lot of movies in that genre, so I probably didn't have the patience for it. It was, I believe, Blade Runner, the the sequel that had Harrison Ford in it. Yeah. I guess it just kind of felt to me like I knew where it, the story was going but it, it felt like it kept dragging its feet to get there you know what yeah I mean? and yeah and that's something that you really don't want to do because again like people's attention span nowadays is very short exactly like i think I'm a, still, oh, sorry, I'm, go ahead. oh no no you go ahead i'm sorry oh no i didn't mean to cut you off it, it, it probably cut you off and then i was just like oh pause okay i'll jump in i was like oh wait he's still talking the internet oh, no, it betrayed me <laughs> no, I said, no i was just saying that i'm a huge star wars fan right but to be honest with you i mean in this day and time you just want to like because if, if you if you look at it too like most filmmakers most big time film corporations right i mean they figured it out i mean they use youtube and instagram why do you think that they take clips of the movie, certain scenes, and put it out on the internet for people to see? Because they want to show you the most to the movie, the most important highlights to get you interested in watching it. <laughs> As opposed to putting the whole thing. 
Exactly, because they always want to like draw people in by putting in the best parts into the trailer with the dramatic music, and this is like kind of a running joke a little bit to where a lot of the times the trailers for a movie end up being actually better than the movie itself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, because it's it's building something and, and it's trying to get you to give it a chance. Because to be honest, trailers are very misleading too. <laughs> very misleading. Which, because sometimes it's, yeah. no no you go ahead I'm sorry no, no I, uh, I mean all I was gonna say was just like the way like you said they do they, they are very misleading which I mean it's kind of on purpose they want to hide a lot of the plot points and in some cases it works to a good degree because uh, they can use trailers to like make people think something was gonna happen or to hide a cool fact about it that won't be revealed until the movie's out. Like I believe Captain America Civil War did that with uh, the reveal of Spider-Man yeah. by yeah. editing certain scenes. So in a way it could be done to a good effect, but a lot of times it's just used to like really mislead people into thinking it's a good movie in some cases yeah. to draw them into the theaters and then by the time it's like well that movie sucked they already got my money so I'm like even like when you when you look at the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi mm. sure. uh, I lost you again you, oh, got to repeat you know the shit <laughs> I was saying about like the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that's getting ready to come out this month yeah have you seen the trailers? Yeah, I've seen a lot of the trailers, which, I mean, of course, with the trailers, it does look pretty good. But yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think, I think, I think the series is going to be like, very, like, uh, I lost you again. You're going to have to repeat that. And, Hey, can you still hear me? Really well. Can you hear me? There we go. Okay, sorry. That entire section was just nothing but robot distorted noises. Like I was entering a parallel dimension. I'm so sorry about that to everybody. Uh, that. That was weird. You, you may have to start from the beginning. Like, uh, I think you were saying, like, you was thinking Obi-Wan Kenobi was going to be pretty good? No, no, yeah, I was saying, yeah, it's going to be real good, but I was saying, if you notice the three trailers, right, the three trailers that they put out, it's the same footage, just kind of reworked a little bit differently. Uh, you make a point. Like, just maybe the same scene? Like, you're saying, like, maybe same scenes with different angles, or it's just, like, different details are kind of added into the shot? It's kind of like the just the same. They just kind of just pretty much rearranged them a little different. And then you notice it's the same dialogue too. Like stay hidden. Stay hidden. You know. Yeah. And then I think you hear like yo, this voice saying, "Oh, Tatooine, I have more training for you." You know, <laughs> wish to be. There you go. I lost you again. Yeah, I uh, you got to repeat that. Sorry. Which I, I was gonna say, but you hear Yoda's voice, but you may not even see Yoda at all in the in the series. I mean, I could be wrong, but you may not. You know. <laughs> I mean, that's true. 
I mean, I feel like Yoda would probably be in that series because it was hinted at like the end of Revenge of the Sith to where Yoda was going to talk to Qui-Gon to basically learn himself to where he can train Obi-Wan to... It was essentially setting up on how he learned to be a Force ghost by A New Hope is essentially what all that was setting up and that's going to touch on that but it looks like they're also going to expand the story to things we probably haven't heard of because I mean you can't probably have the whole series about that point but you got to have it in there too though. Yeah, but it's like... Uh, Hang on, you're breaking up again. You're going to have to repeat that. Okay, what, Okay. I, no, I was just saying, to be honest, I got to say, but I, I'm very uh, appreciative for George Lucas because, I mean, when he made Star Wars, in my opinion, I mean, he, he introduced the world to, like, one of the best... Uh, like science fiction franchises ever, you know. I mean, just oh. the whole setup of Star Wars is amazing. Oh yeah, I've loved Star Wars to death, man. Like I've been a huge fan of that since I was, well, a young kid. And like people will probably give me smack for this. I I grew up. I was a prequel kid. It, it was the prequels that got me into it, and then I saw the originals. I don't love or hate either one. Well, I mean, I love both. I don't hate either one. The only one I really hated was the sequel trilogy, and that was just more of story errors that... It's like they never even watched Star Wars and just made a movie based on it. <laughs> yeah, well don't, well, don't feel bad, because honestly, I, I started with the prequels, too. There you go. I mean, to be honest... I, I'm just may not, because to be honest, if I would have started with the original, I may not have even really cared for it as much, to be honest. But when I saw the prequels... That's what made me really want to be more interested. It's because, to be honest, I, I didn't get Star Wars a chance to, like, I'm going to be, be honest. I was at home one day, and I was bored, and I sat down, and I started watching. I think it was Revenge of the Sith. When I started to watch it, I said, oh, I'm like, wow. Like, I, I, I enjoyed it because, like, I saw how, like, Yoda, um, you know, was talking to, um, talking to Anakin Skywalker. And it's like Anakin wanted something different, but Yoda was letting him know, you know, you you got to train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose, you know. And and I and I and I started to kind of like how they had like principles, and and you got the Jedi, you got the Sith, and then Palpatine basically <laughs> tricked Anakin into turning into the dark side, and then the Jedi just get that wild, you know. Oh, you broke up there. You're gonna have to repeat that bit. Oh, no, I was just saying, like, then the Jedi just pretty much got wiped out. A, a lot of them, not all of them, but just to see how Palpatine pretty much just pretty much set the whole thing Genocided up, you know? Genocided pretty much the, the Jedi to the point of almost extinction, because they got just about almost all of them. They got almost all of them. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but, but, I, but I also like how, like, Yoda went by himself to go face Palpatine, and it was like he wasn't scared at all. Like, he was like, you know, he'll pal you are Wiley so he was letting Palpatine know like you're so powerful what you running for come on with it <laughs> he was trying to be like come on, or, bitch come on me. And I can't do that voice. why can't I do it I know I can do it it's like uh, faith in your new apprentice misplaced maybe as is your faith in the dark yeah. side of the force <laughs> That, one I, like yeah, that whole scene has 
Yeah, <laughs> I probably have that whole movie memorized, dude. I, I, I've done the same thing with the Dark Knight from the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll but you, Joker's life. Yeah, but you know what? The on, the only like about the the uh the 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 new trilogy that Disney did, which is not a lot about it that I. But the only thing that I like is the one part where Kylo Ren goes to Exegol and then and then he starts to hear Palpatine talk to him and then he says I killed Snoke I'll kill you and and, and then Palpatine says to him uh he says my boy I made Snoke <laughs> and then he says I've been every voice you've heard inside your head and like and it's like Palpatine it's like you hear you hear Darth Vader's voice and Snoke's voice <laughs> oh man I mean I gotta admit that was pretty cool like, cause like they, I have to admit like they did have their moments like and even though it was kind of lore breaking I think that one scene from Return of the Jedi or not sorry not Return of the Jedi, um, The Last Jedi, which was one that started the whole train wreck of the trilogy, in my opinion, was uh, when the lady tries to fend off the, the whole fleet, and you have this whole CGI scene of where she engages the hyperdrive and literally cuts through the whole fleet like a lightning bolt. Like, that I thought was pretty crazy and done pretty cool. Even though it was lore-breaking, at least it looked cool. <laughs> yeah, nah. Now the one thing that I didn't like, I I didn't like how they killed Snoke. Yeah. I didn't like how they killed them too quick. Oh, definitely. And, and, then, and then if you, I'm sorry. No, sorry. Go but ahead. but then if you ask me, I feel like out of nowhere they just said, "Oh, he was a clone. He was a strand cast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, he, he was just a puppet." Like I feel like they built him up to be much bigger than that, and then just changed everything. I think that was really what happened there, because especially if you looked at it from the list of directors they had, they had J.J. Abrams brought in to do the first one, which, I mean, the first one was more of a copy and paste of A New Hope, but at least it set things up for a new trilogy. Uh, so even though it played yeah. it safe, it at least set things up for something better, but then they brought in Ryan Johnson into it, and it felt like Ryan Johnson just looked at everything that J.J. Abrams set up and just just shoved a big old middle finger in JJ's face and just destroyed everything he set up and made everything he set up basically meaningless which then JJ Abrams was brought back for the third installment and the third installment I never saw that one but I heard it played out basically how I expected of JJ trying so hard to make a full-on epic conclusion to the trilogy but also trying to fix all of the problems and the huge mess that Ryan Johnson left him in the center of the trilogy and I heard the original plans weren't even too great but at least if they had JJ I think for all three movies we would at least had a bit more of a coherent storyline I think yeah, and then and then it's like you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, of course, uh, Palpatine. It was nice that they brought him back, but I'm like, you know, Snoke could have been so many other things. Like, like I, I know some people wanted him to be Dark Plagueis. Like, this is my idea, but let Snoke just get let's uh, because you, you gotta look at it. 
So I was saying why couldn't Snoke just be I know like people want him to be Dark Plagueis. I didn't necessarily want that, but a brand new villain. I mean you you look at all the evil people. Yeah, like you look at all the evil people in the world, right? Like you defeat one villain, another one comes up. You know what I'm saying? Two more usually comes up, you know, like Hydra, you know, cut off one head, two more takes its place. Yeah, like, but why? But why do? You, but why do you have to say? Okay, he was just a clone of Palpatine, Stop it. which makes him like even as worthless as his death was, and anticlimactic. Yeah, because like, yeah, it just it just to me that because then to be honest, to say oh Palpatine created all these bodies that he can inhabit, well that means that you can't kill him because he can he can get another body and just come right back. So it's like you know it. The way that they did it, it just didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, and then, I, I mean, I gave JJ credit for, I think, trying to, to fix it, but he was getting yeah. a pass that I think no one was really built for because, or could have made good because the whole movie was trying so hard to fix the mistakes of the previous movie while trying to be its own movie itself, and it just didn't have, I think, the screen time to really fix everything and still be a good movie on its own. I think they should have just rebooted it from the start, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, 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 if he was able to transfer his consciousness into a clone body, I mean, who to say that it's not another clone body that he has? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, it's just so many so, so, <laughs> Yeah, so that, that's all I'm saying. So, J.J. Abrams did a really good job, but I'm just saying, like, the way that they did that, I mean, it's like, well, he may not be gone because, I mean, he may just find another body that had, you know? <laughs> I mean, I like a virus. You have to destroy or wipe clean every piece of technology it happens to be connected to. You know. <laughs> yeah, remember, remember, he did say that the dark side of the fourth pathway to many abilities. Some consider, you know, to be unnatural. <laughs> <laughs> Some consider to be unnatural. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I love. Uh, you got to repeat that bit. I, said, I love the voice when he says, do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> trying to get really growly there. Uh, little, or like even when he's like pleading for help, he's like, oh, Anakin, don't let him kill me, please. And then the second, uh, yeah. like, windows down, he goes, just turns around and is like, Power! <laughs> oh man, but but but, but Mason Window, he didn't need no help to handle Paul Patel. I mean, he he right. he, he was handling his business with him. <laughs> to be fair, I think Yoda could have handled Paul Patel too, and I guess George kind of writ him himself in a corner. So maybe it could have still been done better. But the fact, like the fight itself, was good, but Yoda's defeat just seemed a bit anticlimactic and didn't make sense too. Like he just runs away. Like, you're letting the dictator that slaughtered your whole order go, like, I mean, I'm sure your lightsaber's still there, like, why, why are you just running away from him? <laughs> well, I think, well, well, I think, I think what Yoda represents is wisdom, you know, and I think in, in Yoda's defense in that movie, I think he was like this, look, 
it's not it's not that I can't it's not that I can't beat this dude. You know what I'm saying? Like I might win this fight, but I won't win overall. You know what I'm saying? I see. Like this is a destiny. He is like so maybe in tune with the force that he realizes his this destiny is not mine. This is for someone else. Yeah. And he needs yeah. to be and, and for that person. Yeah, but but then but then another thing like I say that I love about Yoda, like to be honest, he was actually writing about what he was telling Qui Gon about training. Like you know, I sense you know darkness in his in his training. And Yoda, act, and a lot of people say that Yoda was wrong, but he was actually right. <laughs> I mean, the man turned to the dark side, and and, 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 and and I mean, don't get me wrong. Eventually, he turned back, but I'm just saying. But it go to show you that Yoda's insight was not wrong. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah, like he saw that coming from a mile. A mile away because even through like even if you just kept to the movies you saw darkness through his training which yoda said i mean you see it clearly in episode two when he just goes all you know massacrist on uh the tuscan raiders and then yeah you know just because even he even went through the all the stages that yoda said that he was going to go through it's like fear leads to anger yeah anger leads to hate hate leads to suffering well his fear led to you know his fear for his mother then led to anger about his mother dying then led to hate for the tuscan raiders which of course you know later on it also led to hate for the jedi the more he got into the dark side it was like a drug is what i saw the dark side is it's like because his intentions of getting in there into the dark side was to save padme and that was the only point but as he kept getting more and more consumed with the dark side, he goes from saving Padme to, Padme, you and I can uh, overthrow Palpatine. Like, I can overthrow Palpatine, and you and I can rule the galaxy, make things the way we want them to be. It's like, dude, that's way more ambitious yeah. than what you had, you know, your priorities when you signed up, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but, like, back to the point, like you said, like, it, it led back to, like, him, you know, hating Obi-Wan to the point where he suffered on the volcano planet being burned alive and forever being in that suit. His wife died, everything. You know, it, it yeah. that was his circle complete was his whole life as Darth Vader was just suffering. <coughs> yeah, that's true. Sorry, like I said, I could go on like for hours about Star Wars, dude, because I love Star Wars so much. I probably take up the whole conversation. I'm sorry, I just get so into it. Oh no, I mean it's 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 all right, you know. I I love it too. Right. So um, actually, if you wanted to get back to the topic of like the film, like making too, there, there was one question I wanted to ask at the be uh, beginning, but I think it got lost with my other questions. Uh, like for your early days like what was it that uh inspired you to do filmmaking or what did you hello hello can you hear me yeah i can hear you now there you go okay uh so my, my question was uh what was it that inspired you to get into filmmaking and or producing and just basically being in the film film business to begin with like what inspired you oh well it was always something that, that i wanted to do um and I, and I always knew I would do it, but really what happened was after I went to school to be a mortician, I was kind of struggling to pass the test. And so I'm like, well, 
maybe I ought to just go back to school. And so I know a lot of people was like, well, you should finish one thing first or whatever. But, you know, I followed what I believe was in my heart to do. And I, I went to film school and graduated. And then I started meeting a lot of people like, um, I don't know if you remember that. Did you see the movie Instant Family? Instant Family? I, I, I think I haven't seen that one. Sorry. But it's a, it's a, um, you know, he's he's also a well-known filmmaker. But his name is Sean Anders. Like he, he came to school and talked to us, and then I, I started meeting like a bunch of other filmmakers and stuff. And like, man, I've been having a blast since I started doing it. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm planning on moving more into it on a full-time basis. like filmmaking is just such a very interesting thing and I love the fact on how it's a lot easier to get into uh, than it has been like far into the past I guess um, yeah but what would you uh, suggest to people like say if they're trying to look for like a network of filmmakers or also producers too like uh, is there any like uh, forums like maybe reddit forums or something that has a bunch of like-minded people you could suggest to audience members that want to look for like a whole bunch of other kinds of people that are in the filmmaking industry where do i come well from? i would say i would say check linkedin uh check like the imbd um check like all over because don't get me wrong there's a lot of like fake people out here <laughs> like on Facebook and all that like they just want to take your money and stuff but I mean to be honest I think I lost you again you got to the more you but but I would say to be honest everybody had the tool to make a name for their own self though you know what I'm saying right it's all about like perseverance and pushing through it's been like the same for this podcast here like we're um because, started yeah. from like basically nothing and trying to push towards like getting it to where we can actually maybe make it a career I mean it, it just takes time yeah like- I mean yeah yeah but I mean the time that you spend on waiting for other people to discover you and all that all that stuff you could have did yourself you know what I'm saying that's a good point too like a lot of people are self-made like in just a lot of the entertainment industry like take, take yeah because back, for example like I mean this is like more music industry but they uh asked like his stepfather for like five thousand dollars for recording equipment which means probably easier now but they self-produced two albums before they were discovered and you know got onto a record label so i mean a lot of it's like self-made stuff yeah because because really because really to be honest with you to be real real honest with you like i work in the funeral business too so like you know time doesn't wait for anybody so like you know, you have to sit back and look at life like, okay, each day that God gives me, right? right. I'm going to do something that'll give me a step closer to what I do. I can't wait on anybody else because to me, I want this more than they probably want me to have it. You know what I'm saying? And so I learned that you're going to be your own best motivator because, again, people don't care whether you make it or not. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. they're not concerned about that. But if you, but God willing that you do make it, I mean, then people will be like, oh man, I was rooting for you the whole time. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of people are not going to put their hand out to, you know, tell you like, hey, I, I've been rooting for you or, or I want to help you. But that's why I say you have to be your own best motivator. That's true too. Or uh, 
even like finding if you happen to have like some like-minded friends too i'm sure that could help but the very oh, yeah yeah like the very crux of like what you're trying to say or what you did say sorry is that you are in control of yourself so only you can push yourself to get this done only you can motivate yourself only you you can have this imagination and only you can put in the effort to make that imagination a reality yeah because again like people will always tell you hey i think you should do it like this or what are you going to do for money or this or that but notice anybody in life that ever did anything great a lot of times they did it with a lack of resources but god blessed them to get to a place where they trusted their faith and their ideas and eventually it got them to a place where they were able to make an income but to be honest i mean when you're a very creative person you know it's a reason why it's called faith because to be honest the thing about us as people sometimes we trust in the things that make us feel safe but when but when you step out on faith you say okay i have this idea but maybe it sounds crazy to me that i leave this place where i'm probably making all this money and then i go over here and do this it doesn't make sense to people but a lot of times it ends up working out you know what i'm saying so a lot of people like walt disney uh i mean you look at steve harvey you look at a lot of the people that are doing great things in life a lot of them have to take risks and again and i call that risk faith because it got to be something in them that tell them that it's going to work out like for me i believe it's god right oh, last year you're going to have to repeat that bit. Keep trying, you're still uh, Mr. Roboto right now. There we go. All right. Matt, do, you you remember, that. do you remember Wrestler The Undertaker? Uh, the who? The Undertaker? The, the wrestler? The wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the wrestler. Yeah, he... I remember him talking about... When he... When he... You know, The Undertaker was a basketball player. And... And he was talking about how like he was at a point in his life where he was kind of miserable at one point and he had a really promising basketball career but his heart was in wrestling and he said that he thought about what people would say like his basketball team and his parents like but his brother told him hey man you can't live your life for anybody but you and so the Undertaker took his brother's advice and he went on to wrestle and now he retired as a wrestler. You know what I'm saying? He's definitely one of the most well-known. I mean, because I, I don't, I personally don't follow a whole lot of wrestling. I don't know a whole lot about yeah. it, but I do know that the Undertaker <laughs> is one of, if probably not the biggest wrestler I've ever heard about in that whole division. Yeah. yeah. Like, so he really <laughs> made a name for himself. <laughs> Sorry, I think I lost you. You know my story. There we go. But no, but most but most people but most people that has ever did anything great in life had to make a great decision. Exactly. And a lot of times in making great decisions, it's not really logical. But I mean, if you check the if you check the proven record, it always works out. <laughs> I mean that's true because I because I was thinking 
like before, like, how can I maybe try to find a safe way or logically to try to pursue my dreams? Which pretty soon I'll probably still have to get a job anyway, if I can't get enough money rolling in soon. But, um, like, maybe as a way of, like, uh, have a job to where it's still, where the job doesn't consume all your time, of course, but to where you at least make kind of enough to live on. And then focus your time on what you want to be your career, but treat it kind of as a hobby at first. If it's something yeah. that you love doing, then you'd probably do it for free. Then, I mean, you're going to have to probably start out that way, which me, me and Jackie did, which, you know, we had to start out pretty much doing this yeah. whole thing for free for several episodes. And we just now recently got approved for the ambassador ad, so... Yeah, yeah, you know, and and that's what I that's why I say that like you can't do what anybody wants you to do. You gotta follow the plan that you have and follow the direction because that I feel that God leads you. Because again, I'm a filmmaker, and one thing that I always tell people can can I share with you what I always tell people? Sure, go for it. Now, me, I, I'm a man of faith. I always say that God is the best producer and the best director that you will have in life. Amen. You know. And so you have to follow the way that he gives it to you because again, you know, you might make a decision that other people be like, hey man, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? But like, I feel like if you have faith, you believe in God and you believe in what you're doing, things will always work out. And sometimes people may not understand it because they're looking at it from the way that they think you should go. But a lot of times, you know, you can't let people detour you because, you know, they don't know your future. And 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 again, like like I said, like if I was if I had I don't have any children, but say if I had a child, right? Right. And maybe I want my son to be a doctor, but my son doesn't want to be a doctor. He says, Dad, I want to be an artist. I want to be a singer. What most parents might say is, well, you got to think about how you're going to make money. And, and but my thing is that if my son believes in what he's doing you gotta understand there are some singers that make more than a doctor <laughs> you know what I'm saying like millions so, of dollars and probably annually you know through and, concerts and making them <laughs> and so like and so like I said so to me you know you have to let people make their own decision and you just have to pray for them and just trust that they know what they're doing because again I feel like you can stun a person growth by trying to hold them back, you know. And like I've always been for like wanting people to pursue their dreams. And if you think about it, they'll be probably more better off trying to pursue that dream. And if they succeed at it, that'd be great because if they're doing what they love, what they love, then they're going to be giving it their 110% almost without effort. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know what? To be honest, like with me, I think one of the reasons now that why I started pursuing more what I like was that I ended up developing a medical condition. Uh, thankfully, it's not life threatening, but it's a it's a condition called spasmodic dysphonia. A lot of people don't know what it is. I gotta say, I've but never it, heard of it myself. But it's a it's a vocal disorder where if I get stressed or nervous, then my voice change 
and it sounds more strange like like a like a like a raspy strained voice and I didn't, even, I didn't even know what it was. I just noticed sometimes when I would get anxious and nervous that my voice would strain real bad. And some people was like, "Man, what's wrong with your voice?" So I went and got it checked out. And I went to two different doctors, but the doc, but the doctor basically told me like, "Look, uh, you need to change your routine and you need to start doing more things where you're more happy. Because if you keep at the way you're going, you know, you're not gonna." You know, because there's no known medical cure for it, but it's a possibility that it could go away. It may, it may not go away, but what I was told was that some people that has had it, there's like no medical treatment. They have like these temporary injections you can get, but I think that only worsens it after a while. But it, it, but it's a natural way that you can possibly get healed from it. So, like I said, so and the and the only cure for it pretty much is to get get happy and get excited. So I didn't have much of a choice. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I am medically prescribing you some happy pills, which the happy yeah, pills so, is a happy life. <laughs> so like I said, you know, they didn't have to tell me twice. So like, so like I said, because again, you know, I've I've been I've been in the funeral business now for eleven years. You know, but like I said, I, I went to school for it, and I you know kind of ran into some roadblocks. But you know, like I told people, like you know, a lot of people was like, well, why don't you just Tell you on and get your license and this or that, but but like I said, I trust God enough. That, uh, sorry, I lost you again. You know, because again, no, but I said, but but like I tell people, you know, I trust God enough that the path that I'm on, that things will work out. You uh, know, and things will always yeah, work but, out, even if they get into the lower points too because if there's one thing i notice about the united states i mean don't get me wrong you can still have a pretty hard life here but even some of the lives of those that and i'm just talking comparatively and i'm, I'm not trying to minimize what people go through but if yeah. you think if, if it's to help if it does help make people feel better about the situation just seeing it from my perspective is that there are people like in, in many like third world countries that are forced to live in that poverty and they have no opportunity over here yeah. you have like so many opportunities and even if you do hit the poverty level you have a lot more options for like water and food to you know at least have necessities for basic survival yeah that's true yeah as opposed to like, where they had to like fight for their lives to even get you know a very crappy bowl of food for a day and yeah that's here, good we can just you know again not ideal but you know dumpster dive through you know restaurants that throw out you know tons of foods like you won't go hungry or thirsty and you have a chance to bounce back it's like one, one yeah of but it's a great country sorry go ahead i don't need to cut you off yeah but but, but see what what i'll tell anybody about the key to money is that even somebody if they take that money and use it the right way they could become a millionaire or a billionaire. I think the thing about it is like, of course, you got to pay your bills and take care of your needs. But a lot of times, if more people cut out spending on things that they really, really don't have to spend on. Don't get me wrong, because like, I feel like, you know, a lot of people are materialistic. But to me, if you are going to be materialistic, why for money? You can buy everything. I feel, but because if, if if a person is gonna be materialistic, why not take the money that you make 
after bills and stuff paid like that. Take that money, invest it right. You probably start buying all the stuff you want. And you know, it's probably the thing there too. And I mean, sure, there's stuff to know about like how to invest and like what yeah. is like the best way to invest and crap like that. But <laughs> you could probably invest into lessons on how to invest. And that would yeah. be an investment, you know. And then you can learn it to you know make the money. And then once you make the money, you can pursue things you'd like to do. Even even if it doesn't bear any fruit of money, well then yeah. You got money coming in because I saw this video. It's funny you mentioned investing because I saw this video about a guy that went to these docks and saw like this guy that seemed pretty wealthy. He was on like a 80 foot yacht, I think it was, just docked there and just chilling, having some good time. And he asked like, uh, "Hey, uh, if you don't mind me asking, um, that's a pretty nice boat you got there. Like, uh, what is it you do for financing?" He's like. Or what do you do for you know money? And he just basically answered, oh, "I do. I'm a, uh, I think like a stock investor, or you know, just basically an investor." And he invested in businesses, and that's how he made his money. Oops, sorry, I repeat that bit. It broke you up again. Yeah. Still, little Mr. Roboto there. You definitely have to invest. There we go. All right, I got you back now. You're going to have to repeat that again. Sorry. <laughs> I, I said you definitely have to invest. Mm -hmm. And like, and it, that's the thing, too, about your passions, too. You got to invest into your passions. Like, I was wanting to do this podcast for a while. I, I did invest some of my money into it. Like, I've invested into this microphone. And I guess yeah, technically... See you can like take the laptop that I'm recording this on like I invested over $2,000 in debt like a lot yeah, of stuff wasn't cheap but <laughs> yeah because to be honest with you see that that's the thing about filmmaking and even podcast or music right right a lot of times people are looking for other people to take their money and use it but the time that you spend trying to convince somebody else to give you money that time you can save up a little bit and do it yourself yeah it may not be all the way the best but my thing is that if you're waiting on other people a lot of times they're gonna want something out of the deal too i mean and, and you're finding that out about a lot of these um you know um a lot of the a, a lot of the musical artists we know now right that went to some of these big um you know these big, these big record labels yeah i couldn't even get it out That's and the true. record labels pretty much rip them off mm -hmm. and so like i said it's better for you to kind of make a name for yourself and then you know it might be a little more harder but at least you'll get what you work for you know some some, some sometimes the longer and harder route is always the better route because the quick money you know I mean, it may be quick money, but if you ain't gonna get all of it, then ain't no point. In, to me, it's not it's not really worth it because now somebody else is gonna make all the money off your work. Yeah. Now, if somebody gonna do you right, that's one thing. But I would rather own the rights to all of my stuff. You know, that's just me. Well, that's like a hundred percent safe and secure route, though, is to basically finance yourself into these things too because i know this one artist that um he was like a more of a rap artist but i love what he's got to say 
and his name is like Tom McDonald, and he is like completely 100% independent, self-produced. He makes the uh, the songs. He has the cameras for the music videos. Like he invested all into his own work, and which is the best part because then he's able to sing about whatever he wants to sing or whatever he feels like or whatever his opinion is and rather like you agree or disagree with the opinion it's still great that yeah. he's able to still put that work out there without having to worry about some boss saying uh, or some like record yeah. producer being like uh, i don't know about that and then too i mean you can go to the bank <coughs> get a two three thousand dollar loan but make sure you pay it back do what you need to do, make make the money, pay it back, and then still have plenty of money left if it works out, you know? Right, well, if you can, then I'll always do your best to try to avoid debt, because it always comes back to bite you in the ass if you can't pay it back. Yeah. Uh, that's especially true with, like, the student loan debts, and well, that's been a bit of a hot topic lately there, too, for the political side, but, you know, even just looking at it itself... It was like, as I personally haven't uh, gone to college yet, and a lot of that has to me to do. Like, I didn't really know what course I wanted to study, and even then, I, I feel like, well, I, I should find a course that either pays for itself, so that way I'm yeah. not in debt, or I find grants to, you know, have it paid for. And I would say shop around. Well, you know, if you want yeah. To well, let yeah. well let me tell you something to yeah, be honest go with. Go for it. Now I'm gonna be as real as I can be. Uh, me. I have been to college, been to school, went to film school, went to mortuary school. But here's the thing that I don't like, if I keep it real with you. Right. Students pay a lot of money to go to school, take out loans. Mm -hmm. But to me, the problem that I've always seen from being in college was like this. A lot of students go to school, get these loans or whatever, you know, but by the time they get in the work world and stuff, they got to pay that back, but it's understood because the goal is to get a job to pay it back. But see, my thing about the education system is that I don't knock people who don't choose to go to college because, like I said, you know, I know I went to, to school and not all of the students, not at the film, the film school, I got a degree and everything, but the mortuary college I went to, a lot of students took out loans and still haven't even got their degree yet. So just think about all these students that maybe I'm just just giving I'm just making up a number here. Right. Say for instance, so I own a college. I get all these students, and my college tuition is thirty thousand dollars, and maybe I enroll like a hundred students. So I got thirty thousand dollars out of all these students, but I only graduate like fifteen of them. You know what I'm saying? It's something wrong with that picture. So I think that as much as they try to make these students pay these loans back, I feel that they should make these hold these schools accountable for not making sure these students are getting what they went to school for. You make a good point there too, or even like not only getting the degree, but maybe uh, of course I don't know. Like I said, I never went, so maybe this is just ignorance on my part. But also maybe providing them with tools or knowledge on how to find jobs in their field or to help them get yeah that too so, so, so like i said if you know i am not don't get me wrong i think going to college is good and great but to be honest with you i think that people should be aware of everything and i think that you know people should just be more wiser about 
instead of going because sometimes you don't have to go to a four-year university like a lot of people pressure people into it but you know you 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 got to go there and get out of there and like i said and, and then and then a whole nother thing about like college it's like you got to look at this um, all students have different learning styles most time most time colleges are going to use standardized testing I'm going to tell you right then and there, I've never been a fan of standardized testing because, you know, between me and you, maybe I'm wrong, but from a historical standpoint, you know, I researched the agenda behind it. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people don't realize that standardized testing was actually used to weed certain people out. You know what I'm saying? Because if you, if, because if you think about it, like back in the day, right? most people had skills right yeah like if you were a doctor you were you were, don't get me wrong if you were a doctor you were a doctor if you if you had a, a certain type of skill you know that was more hands-on if, if you were trained and you pretty much knew what you were doing you went there if you were if, if you were like in the funeral business back then you know you didn't have to do a whole lot of that stuff but like now society has became more sophisticated and so now it's like you know they made these tests and they and they and they kind of did it basically like to weed certain people out but it doesn't mean that you don't have the skill it just means that you don't it just means that you maybe you can't pass a paper test but you know how to do the job like if you look at it like well i maybe use the poor example but like people that did a good with like plumbing and electrical work right? right there are some people that know what they're doing but they probably can't pass a paper test don't mean that they don't know what they're doing but these standardized tests we eat them because again you can know what you're doing on paper but you can't even perform the job right and uh i think i, I really agree with you there because i feel like there was something like the, the, imagine like the standardized testing was probably made like like you said to weed people out but and like here's like just an idea for like a solution to that like what if we were able to like for those who have failed maybe look into maybe if it was the test they couldn't pass then find alternate ways of testing to where you know it still proves that they know what they're doing and it gives them an opportunity to actually pass in a different test form perhaps oh man I've been going back and forth with politics about this for the longest, but they don't want to do that because it, it would be too expensive to do it that way. So standardized testing is more cheaper. But again, you know, because there are some people who learn differently. I mean, they teach it in school, like the different learning styles, but they don't implement it in the curriculum. Yeah. And I've always had a problem with that, like, if you teach something, what good is teaching me something that you don't even utilize? Like, I don't get it. You That's know? A good point too, or even offering like certain curriculums that. Yeah. I mean, maybe if it was like paid for, it would be okay. But, but like, can you just, imagine? Can, can you imagine making a blind man take a test? Like making him take, take a test. Yeah. Test. Like, I definitely see your point there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I mean, if you're so highly educated, why can't you understand the simple tasks of everybody learning different? Like, I don't get, like, for us to have all these wise 
geniuses. It's like, but again, it's not that they don't know this, but because it'll be too expensive, they don't want to. They want to stick to the traditional standard. But as long as things are designed that way, you gonna set a certain group of people up for failure. And it, like I said, it's done like that by design. And it's just nobody really cared that much about it for them to do anything about it. Right, and that is one difficult thing too. It's like, well, in some cases, it may not be even necessarily like a lack of caring, but also just a lack of funding. Like you mentioned, like it'd be too expensive and for trying to make individual experiences. Because I think we're all individuals, but they try to set things up to where it like statistically operates even though things may become outdated like for example i'm not sure if this is an entirely true i'd have to fact check this to make sure if it was correct but they say even like the public school system i believe was designed for back during the industrial revolution not only teaching kids but also trying to train them for factory work uh being there 6 a.m sharp and doing everything and then being let go uh, close to I think like around three o'clock or something like that. It was like supposed to like try to in, in the bell being designed like for like a, to resemble I guess like the lunch bell that'd be at like at certain factories like. But at the same time, a lot of people have a harder time learning like that. And some I even read like somewhere and again I don't know if the study's true, but the study seemed to say that like uh, people's brains have a harder time functioning or don't function 100% until after 9 a.m. So there's like three hours of just wasted brain potential there. So, I don't know, there's a lot of things that I think need to change, but it's also hard to change because, you know, you gotta, you only have so many resources, so it makes sense to set it up for, like, the majority of how people, you know, like, the norm, I guess. Yeah, but see, if I was a politician, they wouldn't like me because what I would do, I would, I would make it like this. Every school... If you take these students' money, then what I'm going to do, I want to see your enrollment rate. I want to see how many of your students pass. And if I find out that a lot of your students are not passing, I'm shutting your school down. That's what I would do. Because it's only fair to the students because it's not right to get these kids or young people in debt. Then they got to pay something back and then they and then they can't even move forward with their life. Now they pay for education they really didn't get. That ain't right. Exactly, like paying for a shot that was never fair to be uh, for them to begin with. Mm-hmm. I, to me, that's like you know. Again, you know, you take a shark out of water and put him on the land and tell him to live. You know, I mean, that's I mean, that's not his skill set. That's not his environment. So you have to, if you are an educator, you you should know that everybody learns differently. Don't get me wrong, teachers are people too, but you gotta understand. Everybody doesn't comprehend and learn the same way. Doesn't mean that they're not getting the information, but some people just process things a little differently. And that, that is definitely true too. But it's like it's hard for people to really see that sometimes because usually their conclusions, like these teachers, I think, uh, and that's not for all of them. I'm sure there's a lot that really listen to, but like the, for the problematic, I suppose, teachers that just make the far assumption of like. Well, obviously, this student's just not even trying, or he, she's not yeah. even listening, or you know, maybe you know this or that. They never stop to think, like, well, maybe they are trying, but perhaps the yeah. method of information delivery is the problem. Perhaps I should be maybe one-on-one with the student to make sure, because their job is to teach and to actually get the kids 
pass, not just to info dump on them, make them take a test if they fail, well, too bad, bye. Like, no, you're trying to actually educate the youth of tomorrow, uh, the pe- the American people of tomorrow. Well, you know what I'll say? That society is kind of biased. And, I, and I, I'm not being mean when I say that, but I think the problem is with people sometimes. If I understand it, and I get it, then it's like, you should get it. And if you don't get it the way that I show it to you, did it's something wrong with you, not me. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, there's and, a lot and, of that going on. <laughs> and that's the problem with people. But what people got to understand is that I don't care how much knowledge or wisdom somebody has. If you don't know how to take what's in your head and give it to somebody else in a way that they don't understand it, in a way that they can understand it, then that's not them. It's kind of... It's kind of just the way they process things. Because it's like with me, right? Mm-hmm. I can have a conversation with you about something. You have a conversation with me. But then we put somebody else in the conversation. Maybe we have the conversation that they don't understand. So let's give it to them in a way that they can understand. Because that's what a real teacher does. Exactly. You know, because don't get me wrong. I, I worked with children before. And I talk because I'm gonna be real with you. Like I used to, because I'm also a minister too. I don't tell everybody that I'm not ashamed of it, but I just, you know, I don't because a lot of people get hung up on titles. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I'm not so hung up on that, but I remember one time I was working with like some young people at church, and there was this one young lady. I never forget it. We were in, in children's church, and she asked a question. That most adults have. Nobody could answer the question, right? And they got so mad at the little girl. They took the girl and put and put her out of the, the, the children's church and took her to her father. She was crying in tears. And so I smiled because, and I told her father, I said, don't make her feel bad because the question she asked most adults had. And see, the thing about it was, it was nothing wrong with her question. The problem they had was that they couldn't answer her question. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and to me, I don't like stuff like that because, like, you know, okay, we may not know it all, but don't make a person feel bad because you don't know how to answer their question. <laughs> exactly. Like, or trying to make them feel like it was a dumb question. I mean, that's to be fair. I think, you know, facts are facts. Sure, there probably are some dumb questions out there. But a lot of the times, it's just because people don't legitimately uh, know something, in which case it's a legitimate question. They're asking yeah, but, for your knowledge to understand it. But, but, I, but I think it also shows that a lot of times people have pride. Mm. And, and like I said, people... And, and again, I, I'm not talking about the human race in a bad way, but, you know, everybody's different. But I'm just saying that, like, you know, people have to understand that everybody's different. And it's never a good thing... To, to look down on anybody because they don't understand something or because they're different because like I said I, I remember meeting a young lady who's a friend of mine now um, and I met her I, I, I met her actually at her father's funeral and come to find out she was like very quiet but what happened was that somebody else that I know right I'm not going to call no name somebody else I know spoke to her right and she kind of spaced out and, and he looked at me and, and looked at me and said, what's wrong with her? And she, 
there's something wrong with her she's nuts but when i finally got to know the young lady i found out she was autistic but she's a model and you know and the person was kind of like thought she was like something like she was nuts or crazy or whatever but to be honest with you she's autistic but if you looked at her you wouldn't have known that and that's my whole point is like you know you can't judge people just by looking at them you know what i'm saying judge a book by its cover yeah <laughs> like you know you may think that people like when you say hello to her she has to process it. you know what i'm saying like you know to some people her brain works differently it's not a bad thing it's just everybody's different and so that's my whole point is like but the world that we live in is like if you don't get it like this you don't got it and i don't think that's right i never did think that was right i mean even with filmmaking like when i was in film school there was another young man there you know he has an issue too and I noticed that sometime in the class he would ask questions and people would kind of laugh at it or whatever. I didn't think it was funny. But like I said, he had, he had a disability. And I mean, I can relate to that because like when I see things like that, I have compassion on it because I mean, I ain't no better than nobody. I got one too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so, so it's like, so it's like, man, it's like we live in a world that can be pretty cruel to people, man. And, and they look down on certain people, but you know, I mean, nobody's better than anybody. You know, like I said, I work in a funeral home. I mean, you see all type of people die. So nobody's exempt from, you know, death or nobody's exempt from life. So I feel like we should all treat each other right, you know? Yeah, because we're all going to end up back in the ground one day. It's like, do you yeah. really want people to look back at you if you go on the ground, like the things you continue to treat people, or would you rather try to turn around and maybe treat them a little better, try to enjoy the life you share with people, or like you, yeah, you know, vice versa, like, I don't know, it's just, so it's choices that people make while they're on the earth. And yeah, but it's, yeah, but people can be so cruel in me, like I said, you know, you never want to look down, You never, but like I said, you know, to, to make a long story short, but that has always been my issue with education, is, is that it's very biased, because again, don't get me wrong, there are some people who do, but, but then another thing that people don't talk about is like, if these standardized tests were so great, why do we think so many people cheat their way through college? Nobody want to deal with that, you know. What I would do, I would I would let people have a choice. Like either you can take a paper test or you can perform the task. That doesn't sound like too bad of an idea. Like have a uh, somehow like it probably wouldn't even cost too much for at least like maybe certain degrees, but have like a like a what you call like a field test. Well, here's the thing, because a person can cheat on a paper test. I mean, I turn my head, I'm the teacher, I give you a test. Don't mean you know the information, that just means that, 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 that you got a good memorization on ABC, you know what I'm saying? It just happens to mean you, you just happen to circle the right dot. Like, it doesn't really prove anything. <laughs> but, if, but if I send you out here in the field and I tell you to perform this task and you can't do it, that, t that tells me more than this test can ever tell so like I said, I'm no genius, but I'm just saying, like, you know, I, I, I've been in college long enough to know what really go on. Oh yeah, I mean, it's like sometimes too, it's like not about always trying to be a genius, but just trying to think out problems and have some common sense. Like, okay, here's the problem. Let's see if we can come up with a solution. 
Yeah. That, that seems to be the thing, and that seems to be a thing that nobody ever seems to like to talk about. <laughs> At least yeah. not nowadays, and that, that I find is real sad. No one's yeah, well, talk anymore, just attack each other. Yeah, I know, but 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 that's why I would never want to be a politician. I, in my opinion, I, I think that's the worst job in the world. And I'm not saying anything bad. Like I respect, <coughs> I respect politicians, and you know I thank God for them, whether they're Republican or Democrat. Like I'm not racist, I'm not biased, I love them all. You know, I'm not against, I'm not against any of them because to be honest with you, I don't even know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but this is my thing that I, I why I say this is the worst job. I say that being a politician is the worst job because no matter what decision you make, it's not about who it benefits, it's about who it hurts. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that I may make a decision to hurt people is enough for me not to ever want a job like that. You make a good point because there's no real clear-cut way to really ever make a full-on decision that doesn't like not hurt 100% of people and a lot of the times the best you can do is make a choice that only hurts a small percentage of people or just trying to minimize the damage as much as possible and at the end of the day though it's, it's still hurting those people yeah because like I always say if it hurt one person it's still a person exactly. and I mean and, and that's the issue that I've always taken with politics is that some people like well hey uh, we're going to go with the majority and not the minority. But my thing is this, is that this is why the world is so crazy, especially people fighting about politics. You got Democrats versus Republicans. I mean, you got Republicans versus Republicans, Democrats versus Democrats, because one thing I say about people, it don't matter if they love you or hate you. Once you do something that people are, that hurts people, they don't want to hear nothing else you got to say. And, and, and I mean, it's bad to say, but that's why I say I will personally never want to be a politician because, again, you know, once you offend somebody or hurt somebody, that's it. And they don't want to hear nothing you got. They don't want to hear nothing you got to say because you're not hearing what they have to say. So, like I say, I don't blame people for, you know, um, speaking out against politicians. I don't blame people for getting upset at them because, again, you know, they have a right to speak out. But, but that's why me personally... I'm not really for or against anybody because I understand the things that come with the territory. So my thing is just like, you know, you just pray about it. You know, you try to go with the better decision, but it's it's just one of those things where like, you know, I don't fault anybody for being upset because, you know, I know that I have needs that maybe were overlooked. And if my needs are overlooked, maybe I'll be upset too, you know, so... I try not to be biased like I try to be fair with people and I try to see the world for what it really is like me I, I'm the type of person where I can be friends with anybody like I don't I don't get all bent out of shape about people's political opinion because again I'm a filmmaker and as a filmmaker you know they always say like depending on what lens and camera you use you get a different view and that's how life is like depending on where you are in life we all have a different point of view on things and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, I definitely agree with that. Because, I mean, it's just going back to the point of humanity is not a collective hive mind. We're all independent individuals. 
Yeah. I mean, we got a lot of similarities, sure, but there's something that always, you know, sets us apart to make us unique. Like, I mean, like me and you, like we had like a great conversation. I'm sure there's a bunch of things that we have in common, like, you know, both in interest in filmmaking, for example. You know, it's something we have yep. in common, but there could be a bunch of differences that make me unique versus you making you unique. Yeah. It's just the way it goes, you know? Just the way it is. Well, if you want yep. to, sir, uh, I think we, we actually got uh, over an hour of footage to use. It was almost like an hour and 20 minutes, so if you're up for... Uh, if you want to wrap it up, uh, that's all good, or if you want to keep going, that's all good, too. I'm down for either one. I mean, I guess I guess we can go for about another four minutes. I'm enjoying the conversation. Hell yeah, I'm down for some more. Yeah, <laughs> man. But today to catch any more, at least for now. So I can upload as much as I want. <laughs> yeah, man. But like, but like I said, man, it, it's it's just a blessing when when you actually meet people that's more understanding. Because again, it's like, you know, when you look at the world today. There's a lot of angry people out here like you know I know sometimes we look at people like what's wrong with them but you know if you knew the story behind the person maybe we would all empathize with each other more I, you know I because I agree with that and I think that's a it's a lack of understanding of other people is probably a source yeah. of a lot of other angers like we don't know what goes on people's personal lives let alone what goes through yeah. their head yeah and, and and that's why like I said I never try to look down or judge anybody because I don't know their story. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know, you know, we just have to pray for one another and try to be, you know, as caring and careful around one another as possible because you know, cuz cuz my thing is like you know, I just don't like to see people look down on other people. Yeah. Oh, and I don't like to see you know, people try to stop other people from going forward and better in their lives too. But but again, I feel like you know you're always gonna have somebody to say something negative because like one of my coworkers, right? He told me this story like uh, I think a week or so ago. Uh, Mr. Dennis, really really cool coworker, man. But he was telling me a story about how there was a there was an old gentleman and a young boy, and they were riding a horse, and there was a car drove past, and they said. Man, that horse sure got a whole lot of weight on him. So the old man got off the horse and just let the young boy ride. Somebody else rode past and said, Man, that that young boy ought to be shame himself got that old man walking. So so then the so the young boy got off the horse and him and the old man both walked the horse and somebody else rode past and said, Look at them two fools. They got a horse and they walk. But I guess the point of him telling me the story was that no matter what you do in life, somebody always gonna find something to say about it. <laughs> that is a good point, no matter how you do it. And I guess that's why it's just good to go with, if it's something that you think is funny or that you personally enjoy, you know, why not go with it? I mean, of course, there's nothing wrong with taking maybe some constructive feedback. Maybe someone can add something yeah. that you might think it's better, but as long as it's something that you think you're okay with, like, this kind of goes yeah. back to, like, um back to in space with markiplier like i mentioned way back because of course youtube helped him uh, with it and, but uh mark was able to have complete creative control and he said it was very important that i have this and it was proven true because it was this one joke that uh youtube made a note saying like uh, i'm sorry this joke here doesn't seem to be landing uh, could we cut around that and all he said like you know 
I disagree, and it turned out to be a good choice on Mark's part because that was one of the, you know people's most favorite jokes. Like people love that joke, and there's so yep. much. So you know it's also good. Like there's nothing wrong with taking feedback, but also take a look at it and form your own opinion about it and see if it's something yeah. you would agree with. Yep, and you know <clears throat> it's also a saying that I that I love. It says, if, if you look for fault, you'll find it, you know? <coughs> and, you know, and I just feel like right now we, we live in a world where, like, people are more on edge, kind of always looking for something wrong with somebody. But, you know, if, if we spend more time trying to be more understanding, you know, we would, we would of course, because like, this, this, this is the one thing that I never understood about the world we live in. Everybody claims that they hate judgmental people, right? But why do people constantly judge one another? I don't get it. <laughs> like, if you look on social media, it's comments filled of negative things about people, right? Oh, yeah. But everybody hates judgmental people, right? I don't get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, and I, I can agree with that, too. And it's like almost kind of like... Um... I guess hypocritical on a lot of people's part just in general too because like they're just saying like man i hate judgmental people it's like i'm sure you probably judged someone harshly before or made assumptions that were unfair at yep. least at one point in your life and it, it's sometimes i think the problem there is that it seems to be a natural human instinct to try to make a judgment call based on an observation but it's also important to try to push through that in the sense of you know helping one another or just understanding one another now in a sense like that's a good survival instinct because you take a look at someone with a ski mask and they're about to and they're got their hand like in their jacket it's you could probably make a pretty safe judgment call when it comes to like your personal safety but if it's someone that's enough you know there's no sense in judging that book by its cover yeah that's yeah but yeah but that's what i'm saying like you know you know when it comes to being careful and things like that, I can understand. But when there's no re, when people do it for no reason at all, and see, but then my thing is like people are like, well, I can say what I want to say. It's freedom of speech. But my thing is okay. We do have freedom of speech, but just because you got freedom of speech, that doesn't mean that you should say anything you want. I mean, okay, I might be a millionaire, but just because I'm a millionaire, don't mean that I'm gonna just start giving all my money away. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you know, people have to set boundaries and use and and use discretion. Because again, you know, you know, my thing is that that's what I don't understand about people. Like, you know, people gotta understand just because you can say whatever you want, that doesn't always mean that you probably should. And and then, like I say, for me being somebody that worked in the funeral bit, I can tell you, man, there are a lot of people lost their lives over dumb stuff over just a simple comment you know what i'm saying and and, and and so like i said it's like you know a lot of the problems that we have in the world it's not that the world is a bad place it's just because of people and the way that we deal with one another sometimes and, and it could be a lot better but it's not going to happen overnight like that's something that we have to do collectively oh yeah and it's up to each like we said every person's an individual like everybody watching this podcast or listening to this podcast right now like it's up to you to be like it's what i like about like this one saying from gandhi is like be the change you want to see in the world 
It's up to Absolutely. you to make better decisions. It's up to you. Are you hating people being judgmental? Well, then be the change you want to see in the world. Don't judge yep. people yourself. Yep. And like I said, I'm, I'm not saying that it's wrong to, <coughs> like you said, if you, if, if you see danger coming, get away from it, you know, but don't just buy the innocent people, you know. Exactly. And, and you can use common sense to determine what could be dangerous and what not. And if it turns out to not be dangerous, a simple apology and maybe even just a simple laugh, you know, maybe they'll not take it personally either. And you can just laugh it off if there was no danger. Okay. But it was, you know, it's a good judgment call you had. (laughs) Yeah, but see, but see, me personally, like I said, now, if if I ever was a politician, now, this is probably where some people may not like what I would do. But But what I would start doing is, I would make it illegal to make phony profiles. And I would start cracking down on all the people that use the internet to hurt or harm people or or misuse somebody's identity. Uh, I see what you're talking about. I mean, impersonation. Now, of course, that I mean, the idea like it sounds like it's coming from a noble place, and I agree. Like, it'd be cool if you could do that. Yeah. Oh man, I would love to do that. Like, it would be cool. Like, from you know, one's own perspective, it's like, man, I wish I could just kick these people off, but. A lot of the times, too, is like, well, for one thing, that does kind of cut into, excuse me, the whole freedom of speech thing, and so that's why, like, politicians themselves can't necessarily do it, but no one, like... No, no, but I'm not, I'm not saying, I I wouldn't stop them from commenting, but I mean, I'm talking about, like, misusing people's identity and stuff, Ah, like, identity theft, or, like, say, like, when accounts get hacked or something like that, or... Yeah, like, yeah, like, fake profile, like, like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, now, I mean, my sentences would be nothing nice for it either, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, I gotta admit, I agree with you with that because that sucks. Because, because 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 my thing is like, what's the difference between a, a person doing that and a person misusing somebody's identity, like in other ways, like because you're doing something that could potentially harm somebody else. You know, that's true. Like their identity, for example, their. I mean, yeah, you can't stop people from having comments. I mean, people can, like you said, they can say whatever they want. Now, I'm not saying they should shouldn't, but but my concern is about all this, like people misusing people's identity and stuff. Like, I I, I can't get on board with that. Oh, and, and back to like to the the uh, just talking about like the whole freedom of speech thing. I, I did have a thought about that. Was there's a huge misconception that. Um, freedom of speech is a law in the land and it, and it is but under the context that it's only the the bill of rights is to protect you from the government yeah it doesn't protect you from other citizens that's true yeah so like of course they can't physically punch you or anything or have a citizen's arrest for you saying something stupid but they can still you know you can get a lot of backlash for that or, mm-hmm. you know, you, if, it's like just because you have a right to do something, it's, it's rights are also responsibilities that you have to exercise carefully and with clear thought. Yeah, but, 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 but then, but I would say for any people that does business stuff, you know, you got to be careful because 
if you somebody that do business like you know you may end up doing really big business all over the world and freedom of speech may be okay in america but suppose you want to do business in china suppose you want to do business in africa that's when you're gonna really start having problems so like i feel like you shouldn't stifle what you have to say but 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 i but i also feel like a lot of times before i comment on anything i want to know everything that i can know about a situation because a lot of times we are very quick to comment on things without knowing all the details about it oh, yeah, like a knee-jerk reaction which the internet is kind of trained for that because you get everything so instantly and everybody wants the hot take everybody wants like your knee-jerk reactions like isn't it better to like take a minute to actually gather all the information and process it you know carefully to make form a more coherent clear opinion <laughs> yeah because again we got freedom of speech over here but if you're somebody that want to travel and do business you mess around go to one of them countries and say the wrong thing about them you ain't coming back you know what i'm saying That's if, you're so, if you're not arrested <laughs> <laughs> so like i said so people got to learn to use wisdom and the, the world we live in today, like we don't, like I said, society's changed. So sometimes just because we have privileges don't mean that we should abuse them because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Exactly. You know, I mean, we can't we can't predict it. And again, you know, we because, again, we're, we're seeing a lot of things happen. But 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 hey, Matt, yeah. but is it OK if I let you go now? Because my job is calling me on the other phone. Oh, yeah. Man, thank you for have, uh, being on. Ms. All right, Sutton. thank you. Really enjoyed the conversation. So, uh, any all like, right, uh, if you got time to like plug anything else that you want people to know about, or do you need like go right now? No, I gotta go now, but it was nice talking with you. All righty, man. I'll catch you later. All right, bye. All right, anybody. That was uh, Wade Simmons, a filmmaker from Chicago, and, well, also, you know, pretty big-time producer. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of his links uh, ready for me here right now. We had a lot of technical difficulties just trying to get this set up. It actually took us about 30 minutes to uh, get that all to work, but I'm glad we finally got it to work. And even though barely, he kind of cut in, in and out, and I'm sorry if that sounds a bit annoying. We'll see if we can't work on it. Uh, later, maybe it was my internet, it could have been his internet. I mean, we're doing our best with the equipment we got. And like he said, technology, I mean, it can only do so much and we can just take it as we get it. <laughs> well, anyway, this has been Uncluttered and Uncut. I'm Stormy, and I'll see you all guys next time. Bye-bye.